Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to the Sunny in Phoenix podcast, a weekly podcast where we keep you up to date on everything Phoenix Suns basketball. Today, we are going to talk about some Suns pre-draft workouts. We've had two different sets of guys come in already this preseason here, so we'll talk about some guys that we like there, and then we'll talk about the rumors of the Suns being interested in Andre Iguodala. So, I'm Charlie Erling. I've got David McGraw and Mitch Krumpetich with me today. What's up, fellas? Insert random clever comment about something here. That's all I got. Wow. Nailed it. Uh, for the first time, like, ever, I think we went in the correct order that we were introduced. So No, 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 no. Definitely. I, I said you first, David. Yeah. I, I know that, but, like, legit. I, I know for sure, I know for a fact, that not last episode, because it was just Mitch, but the episode before that, <laughs> like, we went in whatever order you said. Oh, we really thought about it. Wow. Yeah. You're just trying to be argumentative in the first two minutes of the show. I'm ready to argue already. Okay. I'm like a speech and debate kid in high school. Oh, jeez. Well, I'm out. See ya. <laughs> All right, now that we have that settled... Make sure to get a hold of us on social media. Our Twitter is at SunnyInPHXPod. Our email is SunnyInPHXPod at gmail.com. And check us out over at our new host, the Deepish Thoughts Podcast Network, over at DeepishThoughts.com. Thanks for listening to the Sunny and Phoenix Podcast. If you'd like to further support the show, you can head over to tpublic.com slash user slash SunnyInPHX. That's teepublic.com slash user slash sunny in PHX. We've got t-shirts, mugs, phone cases, all kinds of stuff. You can get our famous cheese is warming up design or just one that says sunny in PHX. Again, tpublic.com slash user slash sunny in PHX. And go Suns! All right, and before we get into the pre-draft workout stuff, we had a really great comment on our YouTube channel on our last episode here. And since Mitch was the man that brought this comment out, I think we just got to pass it over to him to talk about it. So we love when people leave YouTube comments uh, or comments anywhere, Twitter, but we've been getting a lot on YouTube lately. Um, and we love when people put a lot of thought into these comments, like this one that we got from John last week on episode 71. I'll give a little context so that this makes more sense. I was just talking about how the seven-game playoff series makes things predictable in the NBA, and I'm a little bit tired of Cavs Warriors for the third time. Um, But what John says in this comment is really interesting, so I'm going to read it really quick. The best and worst thing about seven-game playoffs in the NBA is that we do get the best teams in the end, barring injuries, but usually it is fairly predictable. Other major sports have inherent luck involved, hockey, baseball, or single elimination, football. I don't want to change the playoff format for basketball, but I would propose a mid-season single elimination tournament. Get rid of the crappy All-Star weekend and infuse excitement into the NBA fan base. The winner of the tournament could get an additional second rounder or specific upgrades to their arena. Everyone loves March Madness, so why not try a similar format for the NBA? So thanks, John, for that comment. I thought it was really interesting. 
Yeah, you know, I think that uh, I'm going to analyze this a little bit more, because why not? Um, you know, I think it's interesting, the idea of some sort of tournament, but getting any teams to agree to a tournament, and even just a few teams agreeing to a tournament, is just really unlikely. You barely have people that agree on how many games should be in a season or if preseason should be a thing i mean if you can't get people to agree on that and agree to playing those games uh like um what's the word uh competitively if you can't like get people to play like preseason competitively or even the all-star game competitively how are you gonna get literally every single team to agree to possibly having a risk of injury by playing a tournament and putting more, like, miles on your guys. Right. That makes me think of the Paul George Olympics injury. I know it's a bit of a different context, but while not in the regular season for the NBA, playing, a, playing something that didn't have any real matter, it was practice for our Olympic team, yeah, that's that's something, but... I mean, it was a scrimmage. that hurt the Pacers. Yeah, it was a scrimmage, and the only people that really hurt was the were the Pacers. So that that might be tough to do. But something I do kind of like the idea of from this comment is bringing in a small touch of March Madness. Maybe try to get a bit of a play-in game towards the bottom of the bracket in the East and the West. I don't know necessarily how many teams because. I mean, we're already taking a good chunk of each conference into the playoffs. But, and that, you know, really that might lesser the uh, competitiveness for the games, say, a team does. Okay, what if the Suns somehow snuck a win by a higher seeded team and went into the playoffs as an eight seed? That would have been hideous. So, that, that'd be a little rough, but maybe. A couple play-in games i'd be interested in seeing something like that yeah i mean like most most um most regular seasons and stuff you do have a couple of teams fighting for the eighth seed you basically had a play-in at the at the bottom of the east this year where miami was able to get on a hot streak and was like half a game or a tiebreaker or whatever basically away from being in the playoffs and I mean, they didn't want to be there. You have those kind of playing games, and that's kind of the point of the regular season. I think that while it would have been like, oh, well, if they only picked like a team that was on a hot streak or whatever for the eighth seed because making things more interesting, I mean, the kind of point of a regular season is to put the teams with the best records into the playoffs for a chance at a championship. Yeah, and I'd have to say that 82 games is probably plenty to sort everything out there right yeah exactly right. and i i think you guys are right on but another idea that a friend of mine had after i showed him that youtube comment was doing some sort of tournament with all the teams who didn't make the playoffs and now this is just an idea that again probably won't happen and it isn't realistic but i thought it was a pretty cool concept and that is to take all of the teams that didn't make the playoffs and have them play a tournament at the end of the regular season, and whoever wins that gets the first pick in the draft, and that will just determine draft order. That would be a way to combat tanking a little bit, but 
again, not super realistic, but I just like the tournament idea. Yeah, and the problem with that is that the rich get richer. Because if you're going to give the team that wins a loser tournament the first pick in the draft, that means a team like Miami or whatever that really kind of just had some bad luck at the beginning of the season and were able to turn it around. I mean, giving them the number one pick when, I mean, the fact that the Celtics have the number one pick this year because Brooklyn screwed up so much and uh, a couple years ago is not something a lot of people are really happy about. So the fact of being like, okay, well, this team just barely missed the playoffs, so we're going to give them the first pick because they're the better team and they're going to win this tournament is not the most fair thing. The idea of the draft is getting young players to – or getting the teams with the worst records, getting young players that have the potential to be superstars so that those teams with the worst records can become teams with the better records. Yeah, and that's true. I just think the whole thing would promote teams like – the Suns, Lakers, Nets, all those teams who were intentionally losing games to kind of quit doing that. Because, like, think about if this were the case. We definitely wouldn't have sat Bledsoe uh, or Chandler. We would have played a lot harder. We would have been trying to win rather than lobbying for draft position. So I think it would combat that a little bit. But still, I mean, if it doesn't matter if we were playing Bledsoe or not. If we had to take on a team like Miami, we would lose that game nine times out of ten in the tournament. I'd have to agree with most of what you said, but you mentioned the Nets, and they knew they weren't getting their first rounder this year, and they couldn't even win more than 20 games. That's, well, yeah, that's I guess I guess this year is not a good example to use the Nets, but previously. Yeah. I just like throwing a little shade at the Nets. <laughs> <laughs> and I agree, there, there needs to be some sort of lottery reform, but... You know, there isn't that much – There, there isn't really much that we can do. I mean, the lottery system is supposed to discourage people from tanking. But, you know, tanking is almost at a point where it's just necessary to make sure you can have the best odds to get whatever. So would just throwing out the lottery and just going by, uh, okay, you had the worst record, so you have the first pick. You have the second worst record, you have the second worst pick. Or you have the second pick, you know. And so on and so on. Right. Um, really, with the comment, I have, I, I mean, when talking about luck in playoffs and stuff, the idea of being the champion and stuff is the best team. You're the best team in the league, and so you are the champion. And I really think the only two sports that don't have the best team win it each year, just about, are football and soccer. Or as I told you guys, I kind of mentioned this before we started recording football and the one other thing that people call football. So <laughs> Foot soccer ball. Foot soccer ball. See, at least in my sense, then you could be like, oh, well, he's talking about hand egg or whatever. Or he's <laughs> talking about soccer or whatever. But regardless, I mean, like, I really feel like those are the only ones where a team can get on a hot streak and really kind of go, go nuts and actually make a run that as true underdogs and i think that like in the nba you you'll have like underdog stories and stuff but really in like hockey and baseball as well you're gonna get the team that is the best is able to um play the best you're gonna get them to win the championship all right i have two responses one in soccer at least in the premier league one of the biggest leagues 
the way that they do the championship is whoever has the best record at the end wins. They don't have playoffs at all. So if the NBA did that like last year, the Warriors would have won and we would have had no playoffs and just like, okay, best record, they win. It's, I think it's very, very, very disappointing because like you can know, like this year, we knew that Chelsea won the league in like with like three games or so to go in the season, which is really weird. And I like watching the Premier League, but that's I don't like the way that they do that with no playoffs. The other thing, oh, go ahead. No, just <laughs> I I was talking about World Cup. Oh, World Cup. The the I don't care once about every any of the other four stuff. years event. That's the I only. Gonna say, I didn't even know there was another championship besides the World there's Cup. All or kinds like the of different cups. There's so many leagues. I was gonna say in any league where you get one point for tying a game, that's that's not a sport. Get that out of here. <laughs> Just kidding. That's that's a little. That might be a little too much. And I assume we have some soccer fans in here. So I I, I didn't mean it. I mean, I used to call soccer a communist sport. So <laughs> I like soccer. That's fair enough. Um, fun fact: the the team I root for, Tottenham Hotspur, is also Steve Nash's favorite team. So, oh. yeah. wait, it's not a Denver team that you root for? It's they're all in England, so no. We're Isn't talking, there some? There's an American. There's Major League Soccer. I'm talking soccer. about. MLS. I'm talking about the uh, British Premier League, or as they say, it, Premier. Oh Premier. Yeah. With their aluminium. It's, and Premier League is a lot better than MLS. There's other more international okay. leagues that are better. Anyways, <laughs> stop talking about your soccer stuff. I made yeah. my point that I was talking about the World Cup because that's all anyone ever actually cares okay. about. So go well, to your second point. I beg to differ. but um, Second point? Second point, <laughs> hockey is super unpredictable. The puck can take the weirdest bounce ever. Um the best teams don't always win. Like the Capitals have been the best team in the league for like multiple years. And then they don't go to the Stanley cup finals, even kind of like this year. And Nashville, Nashville was not the best team. And they're in the, um, they're the team representing the West in the Stanley cup finals right now. Um, Oh, I had one other thing. Oh, and Chicago, the Blackhawks, they had a really good record and they got swept in four games. Like, it can be super unpredictable. And that can happen in basketball, too. But I think that kind of thing just happens a lot more in hockey. I think it's more unpredictable, and there's more luck. Retort. Retort. Um, how, how, is the hu- or how is the puck going to bounce in weird different ways four games in a row? One. Pucks bounce in weird different ways, like, every second of a hockey game. <laughs> Okay, yeah, but, like, is it going to do it for uh, enough games in a row to where, like, you just end up winning only by luck and not because you're good? You're right there. There's a lot of skill involved, obviously. It's not just luck. But one weird bounce can change a lot. I think, and this is going to kind of hurt a Sun, Suns fans, but the best team isn't always the one with the best record. That's true. Like, you can have the best record in the league, but that doesn't necessarily mean you're a better team than... Uh, like, than enough than uh, Team X. A la the Celtics aren't better than the Cavaliers. Yes, uh, exactly. The Celt- the Celtics had a better record. Um, uh, there were the couple of years with the seven seconds to less Suns where we were one two seed. Those kind of things, and you know, we, 
we were not able to get over the hurdle because we were a great regular season team. But, you know, in the playoffs, defense is a big deal. And, you know, it may be that defenses aren't as good as they used to be. But most of the time, if you have a lockdown defense and can play different tempos and control the tempo of a game, you're going to win. And I think that those kind of things really point out who is the better teams. Here's the difference. I like Here's it. the difference I see. In hockey, a game can be tied 0-0 with 30 seconds left in the game. And a defenseman can take a slap shot from the point and the puck can bounce off two guys and go in the net. And even the best goalie in the world can't stop a weird shot like that. And the game can end 1-0. In basketball, there's just so many more opportunities to score and go on scoring runs. And yeah, sometimes games do come down to last-second shots or blocks or whatever. But we don't see those kind of things quite as often as hockey. I think just because the amount of scoring is so much lower, that's why there's more luck involved. Okay, Mitch. Is so is a defenseman going to do a slap shot across the ice and get a goal in the last 30 seconds, four games in a row, eight games in a row, six, not <laughs> 12 games in a row? I mean, that's just not going to happen. No, it's not going to happen every time. Or not, or not even in a row, just 12 wins in general. I mean, like, <laughs> that's just not going to happen. Not every time, but... It's you're you're not come on come on <laughs> that happens what i'm saying is that kind of thing happens a lot more in hockey a lot more often because games are determined by one point a lot more often in hockey than in basketball and when things come down to that small of a margin there's going to be more luck <sighs> Mitch, we, Mitch, all, Mitch, Mitch, we can Mitch. all agree on that a little bit right, right? Just so we can move it on to the next segment. Perfect. All right. Suns pre-draft workout. Does that so mean I win? Were, we had two. You, no, you didn't you win. win. Neither of you win. Okay. So we've had two sets of uh, guys come in for pre-draft workouts this summer so far. And let, we'll talk about day one first. And I apologize if I butcher some names. I'm known, known to do that. So, so we brought in Troy Copain. Josh Hart out of Villanova. Tijane Kita. He's only been playing ball for three years. We scoured the internet. Did not have any luck finding how to pronounce his name, so that's what you get. <laughs> Kyle Kuzma, Jonathan Motley, and Kobe Simmons. They were all in on the first day of pre-draft workouts. So the one guy that stands out to me from that list is probably Josh Hart. Right now, he is on Draft Express, ranked as the 50th best prospect coming into the draft. Senior out of Villanova, 6'6 shooting guard. Really an efficient scorer when he has the ball. And tough on defense as well. Kind of fits the mold as a... He just fits that shooting guard mold, I'd say. The 6'6", 204 frame. Good with or without the ball. And the... thing I like about him is his defense. He really he's quick on his feet, plays great defense out on the perimeter, and along with that 66 size, that's great. The 68 wingspan, nothing special, 85 standing reach. So, I think he has the tools to be a shooting guard in this league. 
He's uh, 22 years old, coming out as a senior. That does fit in with <laughs> the Suns' core right now, technically. So it's not like taking a senior would be out of mind for the Suns to do, since he would fit in there. So, And he's another guy that would give some nice size to the backcourt, something we've been lacking a little bit with. 6'3 Knight, 6'3 Barbosa, 5'6 on his tiptoes, Tyler Eulis. So, yeah, just a little size there. I, I like Dunn, the four, the four-year senior playing at Villanova. He, he's coming from a good system. I think he's a guy that could definitely pitch it in a little bit in his rookie year. Yeah, and, um, you know, I want to talk about a power forward, uh, unlike a guard. I have a guard as another guy that I'm looking at, but I want to talk about a power forward, a big, as one might say, that worked out with us, and that's Kyle Kuzma, uh, the junior out of Utah. He is just about 22 years old. He's 21 and some change. He's 6'9 with a 7-foot wingspan. He is not, like, height or wingspan-wise gonna make you, like, have your eyes pop out of your head or anything. He's a pretty average size for a big man, a little small at some points, but... You know, he. I, I really enjoy his hands. Um, he's got a really soft touch around the rim. He is able to kind of just drive. He has some decent passing vision at times. And that that's kind of some stuff I really enjoy. He averaged 16-9 and nine with 2.4 assists from Utah. And right now he's slotted right around getting picked at 43 I think he's the 46th prospect on the 100 for Draft Express, or 42. Sorry about that. So, um, I really see him as this kind of energy big. The possibility is there because of just how not broken his shooting stroke looks. His shooting stroke looks good and looks very sound fundament- fundamentally. So the possibility is there for him to be a stretch big. Uh, his, one of his main problems really is is that. He he just seems like a very low basketball IQ kind of guy. I'm not going to say very low, but, you know, he can pass, but he kind of just makes up his mind and does that. So he's he's going to just run into the paint or, you know, just decide to take the jump shot and not look while he's moving. He can slightly handle the ball, but he can't really be a point forward or anything like that. And, uh, you know, it's just an issue with some of his decision-making and he's never going to be a guy that just wows on defense either. But I really like him. The idea of Kuzma as an energy big off the bench. Uh, He can work in transition. He can be a pick and roll big. And, you know, if you're on the bench, you can kind of hide some of those defensive deficiencies. And I'm, I, I think Kyle Kuzma is just a, really interesting player and could be a pretty solid fit on our bench. Yeah. And, and when, when it comes to guys that are playing at a, I'm not, I'm not talking smack about Utah here, but when you're the main guy at a school, sometimes you are going to force some shots. And that, that's something that's when he does get to the NBA, that's not going to be his role, obviously. So that's something I can kind of give a pass to, to some guys, but definitely want to see a guy with some, high IQ no matter what. 
And another guy that I liked that came in on that first day was Jonathan Motley. Right now, he is in the mock draft. He's projected at 36, rated at 39 in the top 100 over at Draft Express. Uh, he's six foot nine, 230 pounds, plays power forward or center, a bit of a tweener in those two positions. And, you know, 6'9", might be a little on the short side, but this guy would work out great as a small ball center. Um, he's got a seven foot four wingspan and a nine foot standing reach. So those are those are what you need if you want to be a small ball center. I really like that, and a great offensive rebounder. I think that is something the Suns are missing still. Chris has been pretty impressive. We see all those putback dunks. He's he's got a nose for the ball, but. Motley, great offensive rebounder, has some nice game in the paint under the rim. He can, uh, he's got a nice little jump hook. One thing I did notice watching some tape, it doesn't seem like he has much of a left hand. That that's just something that will obviously need to be added as a pro. He's got a little face-up game, can put the ball on the ground. Um, the clips I saw of him catching the ball out on the wing inside the three-point line, kind of reminded me of watching what Marquise Chris did at Washington, catching the ball at the high post and being able to put a dribble or two down and get to the rim. I saw a lot of that out of Motley, so that that's interesting. And pretty decent shot form. He shot 70% from the line in college, so I'd say that's a pretty good sign for a big man heading into the NBA. Yeah, I watched Motley uh, when... Baylor played USC in the tournament um, because of who I am and where I'm from and stuff. I follow Southern California stuff. Shocker. Um, but was watching USC in the tournament and watch them when they went up against Baylor. Motley was just a beast. And, you know, there's something about these guys that are, they're maybe on the shorter side, but they've got that wingspan and who have some athleticism, have a solid shooting stroke that I think... I think there's a possibility that Motley could be reached on a little bit because of those things. Yeah. But, uh, you know, I, I think that he will be able to be a solid NBA player for sure. Maybe a reach means us with our early second rounder. It's not much of a reach, but I'd take him there. Yeah, no, that's not much of a reach at all. But, I mean, I, I'd be really happy with drafting him because I think he's one of those guys that, it'll, that will put in energy and stuff, especially off the bench. Um, Someone... I just realized I was holding my mic that entire time. Sorry, people, because I'm not editing that out. <laughs> um, <laughs> that's a pain. Um, I mean, I guess I can, but I just realized I was like totally just holding my mic while I was saying that. That's not good. Um, speaking of just one last person that I would like to look at and is definitely a lower round guy, possibly... Or I mean, not possibly, but he's pegged right at the end. Uh, pick 58, specifically, is Kobe Simmons. Uh, point guard from Arizona. He's a freshman. He is 19 years old, almost 20. Uh, he's 6'4", with a 6'6", wingspan. A couple things marked him as being 6'6", as a point guard. He is a, he is a very fresh freshman, is what I'll say. Uh, a lot of people thought that he needed to stay at Arizona, but he decided to, cl- to declare. He averaged 8.7 points, 1.6 rebounds, 2 assists, 
And, you know, it's it's a big risk for him to go and declare because he, he needs work. He needs work, but that's not saying that he can't get there. Just a lot of people think that he needs to get... Uh, well, uh, just use college to continue to polish his game. Um, he has some... If you looked at like highlights or anything, he you can tell that he does have the ability to see the floor pretty decently and has some pretty good passes that he has shown. Um, has shown some decent isolation scoring uh, here and there with a kind of dribble pull-up game. Uh, his shot looks a little funky. He's got like a hitch in it or something. But, uh, you know, it's it's not like broken or anything. And uh, I, I, I like him. Of course, he has a very interesting name in Kobe Jordan Simmons. Hmm. So there's that. But, uh, you know, I... <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, that, that Ben Simmons. <laughs> uh, there. But, you know, <laughs> I, I like him. Uh, I watch a lot of Arizona basketball and I liked watching him play. I definitely don't think he's ready, but I think taking a flyer on him is definitely worth it. And I think he can, especially for the Suns, if they kind of reach for him with their second, second round pick, um, while it would be a reach, I think that he can and has the potential to be kind of a combo guard, uh, being able to play either point or shooting guard and be able to progress to a serviceable guard off the bench at worst cool i think that'd be a good way to use that a potentially good way to use that raptors pick we got and i'd like to see us keep an arizona guy in arizona nothing wrong with that oh yeah i think he's yeah, back just to like playing Chase pro right now really i don't know well. i just made that up <laughs> <laughs> okay, so let's get into day two so Mitch can do a little talking about some guys that he likes. So we brought in our the best guy so far, Jared Allen. He's a center, ranked at number 17 overall at Draft Express. Then we got Zach Irvin and Wesley Iwundu going with that. Then we got Luke Cornett, Kennedy Meeks, the guy who beat Gonzaga in the national championship. Sorry. Rip. Then we got Semi Ojalee. That sounds about right. And then Devin Robinson. A nice easy one to finish it up. So yeah, Mitch, nice. you like a couple of these guys. Who are you starting with? <laughs> yeah, so obviously we have to talk about Jarrett Allen, the best player that we've worked out so far. Uh he is a freshman Went to Texas, 6'11", with a 7'6 wingspan, which I really like. Uh, 235 pounds. He averaged 13.4 points per game, 8.4 rebounds, and .8 assists. I, when I watched tape on him, the first thing I thought was Tyson Chandler light. He's got the thin legs, pretty thin frame right now, but he'll, he'll put some weight on probably very physical still mobile great defensive center for the modern nba 
Uh, he guarded a lot of power forwards last year, so he's good at defending the perimeter, which is nice, but his interior D is still there. He's a good rebounder, uh, very long, athletic. Uh, he could definitely learn a lot from Tyson while we still have him on the team, so that would be really cool. Uh, his shot is okay. He didn't shoot a whole lot. Um at Texas, most of his points came off of like putback dunks and offensive rebounds and that kind of thing. But he can shoot from mid range a little bit. Um, that's a big difference from Tyson. Just from what I saw, is that he shoots quite a bit more from mid range, which isn't really hard to do because Tyson hardly ever does that. Nice. Um, great hair, also. He's got a huge fro. It it looks really good. Um, the problem is. Right now, he's mocked going 17 to Milwaukee. And in order to get him, I think we would have to trade up. So the next guy that I want to talk about, unfortunately for me, is Kennedy Meeks. But the only reason I'm going to talk about him is to show my lack of bias, even though it's obviously there. But I do I do think Kennedy Meeks is worth talking about. Uh University of North Carolina, senior, 22 years old, six foot 10, 260 pounds. He's a big boy. Uh, very, very physical, especially on defense. Uh, he's a really good passer, especially when it comes to outlet passing, and he pulls down a lot of rebounds. Uh, he reminds me a little bit of a guy who went to Gonzaga named Elias Harris. Uh, Elias had a really great freshman year. And everyone thought that like he might declare for the draft, be a one-and-done kind of guy. And then he decided to stay. He stayed for four years, and he put a bunch of weight on. And it was his ultimate demise, and he played a couple summer league seasons and is now playing in Europe. Um, so I kind of see that a little bit with Kennedy Meeks. If you watch his older tape, he's a lot thinner, a little bit faster. Uh, he put on weight. And it helped a lot with his physicality on defense, but slowed him down quite a bit. Um, I think he could be a very good backup and, like, role player enforcer type guy. Uh, like an Allen Williams kind of mold a little bit. Um, not, not, like, exactly the same because he, he's more polished on offense. Um, but, I mean, any guy like this who's a proven winner and knows this big stage so well, has the chance to succeed in the NBA. Um, right now he's mocked going undrafted. So I think we worked out a couple guys that were mocked to go undrafted. So maybe that'll be a signing after the draft. Seeing all these guys we worked out though, playing center, Alex Len just better watch out. He It's kind of looking like he might not be on the team. You know what, Mitch? I think your bias did did shine through a little bit right here because I think you made Kennedy Meeks out to be better than he actually oh, wow. was because you realized that he was, in fact, on the team that beat Gonzaga. So you probably just think a little higher of them because they beat Maybe. Gonzaga. <laughs> you see where yeah, I'm going yeah. here? The reverse. That's how I'm okay. feeling it. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. Okay. Okay, real quick here. Last week we heard the news that after this season here, Andre Iguodala could possibly garner some interest from the Phoenix Suns. So 
I think we're all on the same page thinking the Suns wouldn't sign a a veteran free agent of that caliber unless he was really going to turn the tides of this franchise and turn us into a playoff team. That's how I feel, at least. And I don't know if Iggy is the guy that could do that. I mean, we have Dudley sitting there at playing a little bit of small forward. I don't know. If we maybe if we plan on getting rid of some of our veterans, maybe Iggy would be a good guy to bring in, but that'd be the only reason I see. What do you guys think? Yeah, I think that, you know, Iggy is a very unselfish player and from a locker room standpoint, is one of those guys, even though um on the court he can be kind of questionable and some of his antics um you know, in, in the past have been kind of, can be questioned just in general. Um, but I, I just don't know if there's really interest here or not. I do know that Iggy did go to Arizona, but I don't think a lot of college guys really are like really linked to a pro team that like is in the state that they went to college in. So I just, I don't, I don't really see it that much. And even though he is, Iggy is an unselfish player. Um, he was seen as a budding superstar at one point um, in Philadelphia and helped the Nuggets team go to the playoffs. Uh, I I don't know. I think he's in a point in his career where he's transitioning to being more of a role player than that kind of guy, and I just don't see him as a guy that really moves the needle for us. Right. I don't think it makes much sense for us to sign him, and as far as the locker room goes... Chandler, Dudley, and Barbosa, I think they do a pretty darn good job of keeping that locker room under control. I don't think we need to add another guy just for the locker room. I mean, Iguodala is still a good player, but I just don't think it makes a whole lot of sense for us. Right, unless there's some wild and crazy trade that's about to go down that makes us a playoff contender, I don't see why we'd add Iggy. I love Iggy. Would love to have him on my team, but not this team right now. Yeah, I have I have an Iggy jersey for a, a Sixers jersey in my closet. Um, cool. It's one of those things of those guys that are on that from that 2012 Olympic team. There, I've just got um, something for. Uh, same with Tyson and a couple of those other guys. And maybe if there are there is some truth to um, like either Drummond rumors or something like that and it's enough to where we feel like we kind of just need an uh kind of point forwardy unselfish guy and we need and we feel like we could get Iggy in that point then maybe but right now with just the draft pick and no other moves then I don't think that there's anything there right on good stuff and now I think it's time to end the show the way we always do time for some non-sports plugs we've got David's comic book quarter Mitch's face melting minute and then I'll come up with something. So, David, let's let's start it off. All right. So, I actually want to talk about not a comic book and go into something that I really never thought I would plug on this show, and that is an anime. So, I am... <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I just... I just wish we had video for that because my eyes got like, yeah. Okay. No. So it was funny. 
I have, I'm trying not to become, uh, as some people say on the internet, a weeb. <laughs> is what it's called. <laughs> <laughs> but there's this great anime that I watched um, this week. I was hanging out with a buddy of mine, and it's called My Hero Academia. And so, do you, so okay. Here's how I'm, here's how I'm gonna sell you this. Do you remember that movie that was in like 2004, or 2005? It was a Disney movie. It was called Sky High. Yes, I recall. And like, Kurt Russell's in it as the dad of this kid, and this kid has like no superpowers, but he goes to the superhero high school, and like he's basically gotta like cope with that, and like you're like split up into heroes and sidekicks, blah 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 blah. Anyways, it's a great movie, and it's I oh not great movie, but it's a good fun movie. Basically, My Hero Academia is the anime version of this of Sky High, and it's actually a lot of fun and really good in general. And it doesn't it's got like some tropes in there, but it's not like super like oh this is an anime that I'm watching. It's like oh I'm just watching a really solid TV show. And uh, not a whole lot of, like, those kind of things speak to me like that. So, it's really good. I would really recommend it. And I marathoned it through in one night, and it was totally worth it. So, check it out. My Hero Academia. You know, I don't want to offend you, David, but I'm just going to take your word for it on this one. You know, you take my word for it on all of it anyway, (laughs) so it doesn't matter. (laughs) Okay, so I've been enjoying watching Silicon Valley on HBO we're getting midway through the season now and it's just a wonderful show anything Mike Judge makes is gold if you ask me so this last episode I really this isn't a spoiler or anything but there was a celebrity cameo from a just a random actor and that random actor happened to be Haley Joe Osment from the uh the sixth sense and this guy's like five foot four, and he got real fat. And the character <laughs> he plays on the show is just fantastic. It's great. The back, the back and forth between him and Ehrlich on the show is just—it's money in the bank. Really good stuff. So, if you haven't started watching that show, definitely start checking it out. Mitch, you're up, man. All right. So for my non-sports related plug, I'm gonna plug something sports related. Um, I have been watching the college softball World Series like nonstop lately. (laughs) And it is good stuff. Let me tell you. It's like two weeks out of the year. All you watch on ESPN is college softball. I've been rooting for the West Coast teams, University of Washington, University of Oregon. Um, they're, They're playing great softball. Um it's it's just a joy to watch truly just turn it on spend some time watching the premier female athletes of softball in college just do their thing a lot of emotion they play really hard i watched a coach get ejected today i had never seen that in softball before so check that out it was pretty awesome um yeah there's i think there's a week left still but uh yeah Go root for those West Coast teams and watch some college softball World Series. And ladies, just in case you're wondering, Mitch is definitely into pitchers, if you know what I mean. (laughs) This is a family show. 
so edit that one out. But. Yeah. Good stuff. All right. Good stuff all around. I think this is time to call it quits. Be sure to tune in next week and go Suns. <laughs> <laughs>